Hi everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the podcast House of Commons. For the first episode, we decided to talk on the topic of sex work and various issues that surround this topic. Issues such as the ethicality of sex work, the legality of sex work, and we will also try to discuss the larger issues such as the aspect of why sex is considered such a big taboo in our society and how that is in fact affecting the profession of sex work and why we do not perceive sex work as equal to other work we also talk on the aspect of the modern sex work or even if it can be called sex work uh, the use of platforms such as only fans which is sort of redefining the space and how or if it does affect the traditional work uh, of sex work and we also have discussions in the indian context and before we start with today's episode and we start with the round of introductions i would like to give a caveat that this podcast especially this episode is supposed to be personal opinion of the participants we are six people who have gathered today and everyone has their own personal opinions which they will put forth uh we are not experts in this field and we will in the future also try to make a part 2 of this episode we will we will try to get some expert from this field or someone who is working in this field but uh for today we are just trying to represent a common person and uh probably something that you can relate to the purpose of this episode and why we chose this topic is to start a dialogue on this topic we know especially in the indian society discussing sex is not so common people hesitate especially cross generational discussions around it so this is just our attempt to probably start a dialogue probably put forth certain things that surround this issue uh, there would be so many issues that we might not be able to talk on but if by any chance we miss something or we end up saying something that is disrespectful towards anyone please let us know it is not our intention i would like to apologize up front and with that said we will start with the podcast i hope you enjoyed and now to start with introductions hi shruti would you like to go first hi hi anivesh hi hi shruti uh, can you just uh, like tell us about yourself i am uh, a practicing lawyer and i have very limited exposure to this topic so i would actually be learning from you and giving in my thoughts which are uh, very uh, maybe very nascent and uh, not influenced by a lot of reading yeah as in that's the whole point about today and and this podcast is that this is for people like who can take away things from the episode or maybe like give us the general opinion about what they think about it so uh uh moving on we have suganda hi suganda hi 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 uh, suganda following the format can you please uh, tell us about yourself yeah i am suganda thank you for inviting me anivesh first no, of all no problem and i was very excited about this and i am also a practicing lawyer and like a lot of us i have also not read a lot about this uh sphere of life and my knowledge is also very limited so i'm quite excited to know about what everybody thinks about this topic and 
I wish to contribute whatever little I know, and that's about it. I uh, thank you so much, and like yeah, uh, that's the whole point about the podcast. As in, like, feel free, like it's an open space and a uh, safe space. So, like, feel free to put your points across. Uh, and moving on, hi Keshav. Hi. Hi Keshav. Keshav, uh, uh, I am also a practicing lawyer. I am a cisgender male. <laughs> I also uh, do not have any experience in this particular field, but I think I can touch upon like the general social, uh, you know, morality that. Uh, especially men in india have regarding this particular topic uh, apart from that uh, i think uh, we all can with our nation experience discuss this and explore how you know like society and especially people who are uh, you know in the field of law feel about these issues and probably get somewhere yeah uh, thank you so much keshav uh, moving on hi manik Hi, uh, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Hi guys, my name is Manik. I am not a practicing lawyer. I work in field of finance. Uh, again, I don't have the legal knowledge as to what I mean, how uh, what the legal regulation as regards uh, sex work is. Not do I have any practical have interacted with anyone uh, belonging to the field of uh, sex work. But again, uh, like everyone else said, I'd love to uh, get your uh, two cent on the subject and also contribute whatever little I know as well. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Uh, in fact, like uh, it's important to uh, like realize from what Keshav and Manik said that we also represent like views that probably cisgender males or like the majority of the population have and like are outspoken about and generally try to capture the narrative so this is all about being inclusive and like listening to all sides and also like manik said as we also represent like the general common public which are sort of like unaware about various aspects so probably that side can take away some aspects from this episode uh, now uh, bhargav are you there i uh, I think we don't have Bhagav right now. Uh, he'll join in later. Moving on. First topic that we like to uh, touch upon for this episode is how to address this field. Like, is it sex work? Is it prostitution? What is the difference? Is it a technical difference or is it more of a perception difference? So, uh, like, just to start upon this, technically, sex work is a bigger, bigger uh, bracket or bigger uh, set which involves prostitution, porn, and anything related to sex work. While prostitution in the traditional sense is offering sex for money, like physical sex. But it has, uh, the nomenclature also has various semantics to, uh, attached to it. So the perception is also really important from for these two terms. So sex work is perceived and is generally now promoted by the people who are involved in this industry as a term that they want to be referred to as or in the industry they are as because it is associating it with normal work whereas prostitution is something which has certain social aspects or criminal aspects attached to it so the uh, perception that it is bad or prostitution should be criminalized 
is something that they do not want to be associated with it's also about like the general notion about being sensitive towards what they want to be addressed as but um, apart from that it's also about the perception that we have about people involved in this so uh, this this brings me to uh, the question that i have for every one of you uh, what are your ethical perceptions about sex work or prostitution like like how do you perceive it as like what do you think is it good is it bad uh, as as like as an outsider what what are your views uh shruti would you like to start yeah i would uh, say that as a person who just did not uh, really have any exposure to it or maybe even as a, a child or as someone growing up uh the way everyone else would look at it is what i started uh, uh you know impressing upon and so uh, my attitude towards anyone who would look like a prostitute or s- someone who would dress uh, scantily or you know someone who would be standing maybe some woman standing by the road while we're going back home late and then uh, you know there would be an automatic assumption that this is something that is uh, dirty that this is something that is um, uh you know against our morals and so uh, and since we since we take up our morals based on a lot of our circumstances so um uh, you know prostitution turned out to be something which was dirty in my mind until date when i watch uh, you know certain movies and i try to uh, try to understand or try to uh, even when you know even in our regular lives when uh, there's this particular road that i pass by i try to see i'm trying to figure out are they happy are they doing this voluntarily what is it but at the, at the same time those morals to go away from those morals is very difficult so you know uh, the fact that i consider it to be something which is beneath Uh, a profession is something which is there in my head and i i'd like to get rid of it by learning more but yes it's a struggle so that's my you know uh, perception about it uh, and uh, do you, do, yeah. you, do you think is it uh, is it something that you think of that person or the activity i think about the activity because uh, the person i more or less feel has been uh forced into something like this why would someone choose this for themselves so you know that's what that's what comes into my mind at least and uh when we talk about uh, the activity do you also yeah. think about the person who is uh demanding sex work like someone who's availing to those services is uh, like are there any views about that like do you have any ethical issues with that Oh yeah so uh, very recently did i think about the other side and that's when i started thinking that okay if there is a demand for something then why not legalize it so it was from the side of the uh, customer or the you know the one who is asking for this activity that uh, since it never goes away since you know there is always a demand for such a thing whether it is people who are lonely or people who uh, you know want to have that experience or uh just just something that people ask for then if it is always going to exist then why not make it legal so that that's the only way that i saw it being legalized not from the other side from this from the side of the customer so yeah that's that's a very interesting point because uh and i like to uh, draw in other people also to uh, address or like yes, talk on sure. this but uh, no as in uh, come staying to the point that shruti you mentioned 
it's interesting to see how like when we talk about the service pro uh, by the sex worker uh you think about it being dirty or like something which is immoral but when you thought about the service receiver uh you thought about legalization and uh you didn't think about legalization when you were thinking about the sex worker in a way so uh is it is it something uh that we are a product of patriarchy or like what what makes us not think about legalization when we think about the service provider is is it something like uh, anyone else uh, like uh, keshav do you want to start on this or like your perception or yeah. ethicality about sex work uh so yeah i mean like my i want to just address something uh, on similar lines uh basically not so much about the sex worker per se but about people receiving the sex work i mean uh, and my perception about that has changed over time uh quite recently in fact i mean by recently also in the last 4 5 years which would be something like uh i mean especially i don't want to speak for everyone here but i think i can make a presumption that almost everyone in present here also even i would know to uh on a, a close level would be perfectly you know like would at least in the face of it never oppose that uh you know like a sex worker is someone who's demeaning who's doing a demeaning job or is a dirty person like i mean we at least uh in our small circle we have uh evolved to that extent to say that okay as a sex worker is doing her own work it's not immoral but uh or maybe she's forced into it uh, or he is forced into it and it's uh, we should not uh, judge that person but uh, if i at least i mean like let's say 3 4 years uh, ago if i would have met someone i mean a friend who would have indulged not in sex work but who had procured uh, sexual gratification or basically would have engaged a sex worker i would have judged that person and uh, i mean if that topic ever came up in a friendly conversation i would like very proudly say that you know like oh, i have never you know like been with a what i mean i'm using the colloquial term your prostitute uh and uh, i have never you know indulged in that and i don't need to pay for sex and i would you know like say it with a sense of pride and dignity but over the years i mean i've come to realize that, that there is a there is a blatant hypocrisy in that at least for uh, what i believe i thought i was being hypocritical there uh because if i am judging the person who is uh, you know in that, at at my stage if my friend uh you know engages a sex worker and indulges in that and if i judge that friend i am indirectly judging that person and that profession so uh i cannot go around saying that you know that yes my friend is doing something wrong but uh, and i'll judge that person but yeah the sex worker is fine so i think do i presumably the people who i know who have indulged in and or engaged that are not particularly uh, liberal people and most liberal people i know are not people who will end up engaging in sex work because they uh, either don't like the objectification of it or they of course are averse from it because of the stigma associated with it but uh, i mean yeah today if a friend of mine probably engages in someone here in india or goes for sexual tourism i would uh, at least try to tell myself not to judge that person however much i have been brought up you know to know to judge that person 
but uh, so sorry, sorry to just like uh, interject yeah. there but uh, a very important point like both shruti and keshav you have raised like the ethicality of the sex worker or like someone who offers sex and the ethicality of a customer like is there a distinction or there can, can can there be a distinction in how we perceive both of them so for you you have come to a realization that if you judge someone who uh, indulges in the uh, services of a sex worker so if you judge that person you're also judging the sex worker right and i think uh, whereas for shruti it was a little different where like she was judging the sex worker differently and the person who indulges in sex work differently uh, or like who receives uh, the services of sex so as in more like, like pitying the sex worker yeah. and judging the uh, uh, customer who uh, who doesn't seem to stop so why not make it legal yeah yeah so like the, this is this is like a balance or like a distinction that can that be made and like uh, i would also like want uh, suganda manik or bhargav uh, all of uh, us to pitch in but uh, like keshav you are uh, welcome to answer this uh, i mean if anyone wants to answer this you can go ahead um, yeah. my basic point was like i just want to end by saying that this is at least i believe in my perception of like people i interact with at least in the like upper middle classes uh, that i mean what shruti was talking about uh that you know that judgment that we have that probably we're talking about what we used to do 2 3 years back mm-hmm. is what is the prevalent perception even in most liberal people today in india is that they are they look at a sex worker as someone okay this is a person who's been constrained to do this particular menial demeaning job so let me not judge this person because she is constrained to do this or he is constrained to do this uh, from the circumstances but uh, i am still judging the profession and i am still judging the person who is engaging in it so it's still a demeaning profession it's something that shouldn't exist but if someone out of their you know circumstances is forced to do it it is not their fault it's kind of like how uh, we look at criminals who have been forced into crime so we are still looking at sex work as a crime but not judging the criminal uh, so yeah the thing is uh... uh to go on the legal definition of crime and like that is something that we do in the next uh, section of this episode but uh we are talk when we when kesho mentioned crime we are talking about crime in the sense like how people perceive it although legally it's not a crime in india in, uh, in a in a moral yeah, sense yeah in, in a moral sense, sense. I was, so yeah i was analogy just, with like a crime in criminal yeah I, i was just uh, clarifying uh, for the audience uh, yeah, yeah yeah i just yeah i would like to clarify that i meant crime in like in a more colloquial sense and more is an analogy than a yeah you know like adjective put yeah uh, suganda your views on this as in or uh, your views on this topic or anything that has been said till now so i think inherently all humans are just born with this sense of bodily integrity that this is our body this is our space we don't want encroaching on our body without our consent and most people for most people sex is a byproduct of being in love or being attracted to a person or just finding somebody to, to be desirable and wanting to be physically involved with them so to give up that sense of bodily integrity for anything other than love is a huge thing 
and that is why there is a morality attached to it that if you if you are giving up that sense of bodily integrity for something like money or for some or, or something like you are pushed into that circumstance that is why we think that oh that's that's a bad thing it's a demeaning thing because how can you give up something like that right so for me i think the morality flows from that the integrity part of it and for like most regular people sex would be for you know sex is not love making love making is different than sex yeah uh, so that yeah. is why and that is why we end up judging people both i think sir, the service provider and the person who's availing it that first the service provider for how can you give it up for money without realizing that you know that a victim of circumstance and the person who's availing the services that you know how can you just do it just to fulfill your bodily needs so which is a wrong thing because we're, we're humans everybody has their instincts everybody has their physical and emotional needs so but this is how most people think on these lines uh as in this this raises a very uh, important or like a very uh, perception that many people would have but uh, a question that it also raises is that suganda then you're also talking about this distinction or like like a lot of people cannot categorize or like separate emotions and like physical involvement and some people can and some people might perceive sex as a normal physical function or like a physical activity that is separate from emotions so like this uh demarcation of these two aspects so um uh, for okay, so i i i like to mold what i said no, like no, no. yeah yeah go sex ahead sex for a lot of people may just be an activity and for a lot of people it's an experience which is an activity plus a lot of other things around it hmm. so that's a better way to put okay so uh, so if 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 then like if i come to a conclusion from that so uh, you would think that people who perceive it as an experience and or as an activity would uh, perceive sex work differently i mean uh, it's hard to obviously yeah, you are right it's hard to uh, draw a clear demarcation on those lines but uh, most people when they are thinking of sex work i mean it i think it's a very mechanical term to you know okay so somebody is availing the services of a sex worker hmm. he is just doing it to just uh, you know get that experience and get done with it and move on from it hmm. so it depends on the perception of that person but at the same time i feel like it, it won't be fair to judge both the sex provider and the person who's availing that service because i mean as long as it's consensual and as long as the person providing the services is getting paid for it it should not involve a problem but it does because of how we perceive the whole concept of sex then how it's supposed to be this a uh, nice thing which is supposed to do with a person you like or you want to do it with not just to you know get money and make a living yeah, yeah so. i quite resonate with what suganda is saying because uh, uh, sex is uh, cannot be equivalent to love making 
uh, you know two different people would uh, would kind of have a different impression of it but the part that suganda pointed out about consent so there might be two sorts of people uh, one person who holds bodily integrity very close to them and they uh, associate uh, sex with love making and with emotion uh, whereas another another part another side of a person who uh, who might not who might just view it as an activity and move on from it but i don't think both these sorts of people would ever give up consent and when we think of sex workers we think uh you know there's this background uh, there's it's in the background probably lack of knowledge or awareness of how it begins and so in the background the thought is that this is not consensual they have been forced so that that kind of irks you and you know irks your morals that oh if, if this is forced even if it is just an activity for them there's no consent so that part so uh, this this also uh, brings me to uh, the question that uh, when we are talking about morality or ethicality uh, can we talk about people who are only like only about people who are consenting to it completely and not about the misuse of or like the abuse of people in, involved in this or is it inherent in this activity and uh, like before moving on to this question like this is part of our next uh, section uh, like manik uh, do you have any views on this like your perception of uh, uh ethicality around uh, sex work prostitution or like whatever or any comments on whatever whatever has been said i uh, totally agree with the uh, you know how shruti sort of started as you know everything sort of uh, you know and in fact what kishan also said that uh, you know initially in the initial few years when i was in school when in fact all of us were in school with essentially the same age late 20s we had a different perspective of what sex work is and even in fact what sex is and sexuality is uh and as we uh, and as we've grown uh, our perspective has sort of changed so i think a lot of it also depends in fact not also primarily depends on how we've sort of brought up um uh, so um i mean essentially i i mean agree with totally agree with uh, what kesha said what you said what suganda said i believe i mean uh, so i mean we've sort of uh, talked about everything from sex to i mean uh, uh, in fact we we're going to talk about only fantasy well, which is basically erotic performance which is completely different from what sex work is right so i believe it's a gradual process uh, end of the day long story short so uh, it starts with de in my opinion de sensationalizing the concept of sex uh, the reason we are able to talk about it is because and i believe i don't think our parents or our gen i mean generation prior to us would be so comfortable talking about it because the entire concept of sex was so uh, there was a taboo attached to it the it, just talking about it so i believe it, everything starts with the uh, you know sensationalizing stuff Absolutely. so uh, i mean no uh, this is uh, this is something that i wanted to touch upon uh, is uh, the notion and the taboo uh, around sex so is that why we consider uh, the morality or the question about morality of sex work arises is because the services that are being offered are of sex and as manik mentioned uh, is it it's so sen- uh, sensationalized especially in our society like sex and also like uh, it as suganda said like there's a perception that uh, sex not perception but like 
a lot of people associate sex with like integrity uh, and like uh, also like how we uh, how in our society when when we talk about our uh, we are referring to india in in uh, this episode especially because uh, all our participants are from india and uh, so like uh, talking about that so uh, uh, bhargav i wanted to pull you in this conversation so uh, yeah. what what would what would you think about ethicality and this aspect of uh, like is it because the question that we are talking about is uh, the product that we are talking about is sex is that the uh, reason why we are talking about the ethicality or sex work in itself has separate connotations to it uh, okay so just you know because i i joined in a little late but i just had a chance to vaguely get an idea of what everyone else was had to say i let me start off by saying that in so far as this issue of morality or ethicality of sex is concerned or sex work or prostitution is concerned i understand the fact that you know it's actually a very interesting perspective i think i don't know who broke it down but uh, you would mentioned it that you look at it from different perspectives either you look at it you know morality can come into the picture from the perspective of a either the sex worker or the person who soliciting uh, soliciting the services of a sex worker actually for me when i think about it and 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 specifically from that perspective i actually never question morality of sex work from the perspective of a sex worker ever i don't know i i think presumably because i just always thought that a person who is willing to engage in sex work as the service provider would always have some kind of a motivation in most cases and i'm not i mean of course there is there is also the element of human trafficking to this but uh, from that perspective from the perspective of motivation because you know for example there can there can always be you know poverty uh, you know it's, it's it's good money it's easy money uh, uh, there's always of course the possibility that there is there is someone who gets into this line of work because they enjoy it it's only I mean, from that perspective i personally at least i never had a chance to reflect upon the morality of sex work from the perspective of a sex worker as manik had pointed out and as kesha had also pointed out a little while ago uh, i always looked at it from the perspective of someone who's willing to solicit the services of a sex worker i know i've had a lot of friends who you know engaged in it of course i mean you know i would also take pride in the fact that you know at least until a while ago that oh, you know what i would never do something like that but uh, i guess i mean with time and especially you know i mean considering this issue from a lot of different uh, uh, you know perspectives and stuff i i think it's just uh, that motivational aspect also comes into the picture from the perspective of someone who is actually procuring the services you know uh, i understand sex intimacy there's always the angle that you know why would i want to go and you know pay for sex i think it's supposed to be something that's very intimate but i mean it's ultimately at, at the end of at the end of the day i mean sex at its most basic level is a very carnal instinct uh, uh it's a need you i mean if you can fulfill it one way or the other i really know i, I really don't see any problem with that I mean, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense, but I mean, yeah, I mean, at least now that's the way I look at it. I understand. Okay, you know, it's maybe it's not easy for everyone to satisfy their instincts through social bonds, 
and therefore i mean i don't see any problem you know from that from the perspective of this being a profession oh. i mean it's satisfying a need for everyone at the end of the so be it out of necessity be be it, be it for the purpose of soul pleasure but so long as it satisfies that need so long as it keeps people happy i don't see a problem with it so yeah i have a question for both you manik and like uh, shruti uh, also uh, following that so uh, first before that i should i think shruti wants to say something so yeah shruti go ahead i just want to add to what bhargav said very rightly mm-hmm. i just wanted to say that maybe if we were a little more aware then we would be able to understand that the the receiver has certain needs and the receiver himself or herself would be able to understand that it is only limited to my needs that i am uh, availing of such services and it doesn't mean that every woman would do this it doesn't mean that uh, i can go beyond an extent which is inhuman by being violent or by you know treating this person as an object so but but that would only happen if uh, if there was a lot of talk and a lot of um you know awareness about it if you do it in the dark and you uh, put uh, covers over it then uh, then that lack of even wanting to seek knowledge about it goes then you are all about just wanting to fulfill your needs one way or the other and then you know uh, treating that other person as if they are just an object yeah so, so i mean also from the perspective of objectivity right uh, the pro- i mean so that's of course one of the biggest reasons why i mean that's one of the biggest problems that i personally would have with this line of work is the fact that you know uh, there is this notion that uh, or rather it's not even a notion you know i mean it's just the thing that there i feel people who solicit these services have a tendency i don't seem to understand why but they do have a tendency to uh, objectify uh, 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 you know the sex worker and i mean i, I that's something that i personally that's something that i personally not very comfortable with uh, and i think again awareness is the only way and perhaps a little bit of you know important i mean important knowledge i mean awareness raising awareness about the issues normalizing this uh, you know i mean re- reducing the stigma surrounding this entire profession as i think one way which can really integrate this whole concept into uh, how society is now you know i mean getting on with its way of life but to be honest i feel uh, also sorry there is just this one other point uh, you know the general tendency when we talk about sex worker prostitution is the presumption that the sex worker is always a female right yeah. and that's not always the case eight yeah. cards both ways and even in, even objectification happens from both sides no uh that's that's uh, i mean i've never i've never personally had the chance to interact with a woman who's you know uh, uh, sought the services of a sex worker or who's you know objectified it but this issue or this this it comes from you know mainstream uh, 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 mainstream media or how it's portrayed in a lot of uh, mainstream media but i'm i'm sure it still it is still a very realistic issue no uh, yeah that's I mean, that's a very important point uh, that you touched upon and that's why we have addressed uh, the service provider as service provider or sex worker instead of a woman because uh, as we see like uh, a lot of uh, these people who are engaged in uh, providing sex services are also people uh who are transgenders or uh like even even uh, men are there but like when we why are we like why do we perceive 
generally a pro- prostitute or a sex worker as female is because those are the ones who are being violated the most or objectified the most in this field so uh, this also brings me to the question or the point that keshav and bhargav uh, mentioned so uh, like this moral high ground uh, that you sort of get of not engaging in sex work or like you judging the person who uh, in- indulges in uh, uh, with a sex work is it because of the monetary aspect is it because you think that the person who are they engaging with is uh, being violated or is forced into that situation or is it something that you think that this field is tainted so like why why is there like uh, as in personally why do you not want to uh, like why 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 is there a moral high ground from not engaging in this and like uh, suganda shuti manik like everyone else also feel free to join I in also yeah i just want to make uh, sorry manik in, in a certain way so yeah i'm, I'm just saying that uh, before we talk about the i mean you use the word profession so did bhargav uh i mean before we you know talk about this as a mainstream you know profession uh my uh, i mean if you can frame the question uh, my what i want to sort of talk about is uh, the concept of sex itself i mean we're talking about sex work as something uh, you know if if sex is something that we recognize as a normal biological need right and if it's not such a big deal uh, i mean this is what i want to you know talk about first if uh, everyone's up for it that i mean if you can uh, not make sex such a you know, sensational issue as such uh, automatically the sex yeah. work, the profession attached to it uh, also doesn't become such so to say a stigma right no yeah that's yeah, yeah, that's right. a important point and it also ties into what suganda said uh, so uh, in the sense like um, can we treat sex as any physical function like suppose uh, people eat and there are cooks for it right uh, so there are chefs mm. and it's a service industry mm. so if mm. sex is merely treated as a physical activity which has no stigma around it and we remove that uh, uh, can we remove or the in- aspect of integrity can it be removed from mm. sex and merely treated as okay. an activity yeah so like uh, suganda if you want so, to address this yeah so i think uh it's not like any other human activity because sex is one activity which is the only activity which leads to procreation and human beings have attached a lot of importance to procreation because we are living as a self survival instincts that is how we just evolved so it cannot be equated to any other activity because of the sanctity or the importance that humans attach to procreation and the human offspring and uh, the legitimacy of a human of offspring is what matters to human beings a lot so that's why i think in my head sex is not like any other human activity and that is also the reason why the morality of it comes into being why the integrity of it comes into being because the fact that you're procreating you're bringing life into this world with another person doesn't make it just another activity mm-hmm. so that is my take on it and i'll leave the 
Floating. Yeah, uh, that's a very, very interesting take and like uh, might seem like a little naturalist in the sense like uh, going to the origins of sex and like why we associate sex to what it is uh, in our minds today. But yeah, uh, uh, Manik, you want to say something on this? Okay, my point is, Suganda talked about initially when she started speaking, she talked about, uh, you know, lovemaking sex being two different things. Right? So I believe lovemaking sex, reproduction, I mean, you have... Uh, as regards the same activity, right? You have so many labels attached to, and uh, you know, some amount of psychological element attached to each one of these activities. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my opinion, I uh, sort of beg to differ from what Suganda says. That uh, you, you know, they can be only physical element attached to uh, the activity, uh, the sexual activity. I mean, they can be, and you know, I know of certain people. Uh, who you know take it as a normal physical activity and would not you know want to you know what Anivis said uh, not naturalist not would like would not like to go back to what the uh, no, uh, but, but yeah that's that's the whole point of no, I'm this. Not, I'm no, no, yeah. no I agree with you no, but no. I'm saying this is one side yeah. of it maybe subconsciously human beings are wired like that yeah. Uh, yeah. that that is why we attach so much importance to this one activity. Yeah, uh, the, the thing I is, know, it's absolutely a matter of choice. Yeah, the uh, thing is, for the, some people, it's just another activity. But yeah. I think, like on a very basic level, yeah. this is why it's a little different from other activities that we usually engage. Yeah, the thing yeah, is, so I think uh, one thing that Suganda touched upon, which is quite interesting, is I mean, one being the nature nature debate. You know, like whether it is something that is natural to us or not. But before that. Uh, I think one uh, important thing that uh, Sugandha initially mentioned, also now Anirishi brought it up, is that the stigmatization is, you know, we find sex work abhorrent. A lot of that is to do with the commodification of this particular activity, which is sex. And which Sugandha, I mean, rightly pointed out, is taken to be, is put at a very high pedestal. And uh, probably one of the reasons being that, yes, it's the only activity that leads to procreation and, you know, like, sustenance of the race, uh, not the race, sorry, uh, of the species. And uh, race also for some people. Uh, and uh, which is, I mean, uh, as, a, I mean as per Darwin, is basically the only reason, you know, like, why any species exists. Another point being whether or not uh, in today's day and age, can we uh, take this mindset and is this is this mindset changeable or not? Because I mean, today, sex is not necessarily an activity that leads to procreation. I mean, uh, starting with like the fringes, not the fringes of sex work, but something that we don't generally associate prostitution, but do in sex work, like porn or uh, something like an OnlyFans or a webcam or phone sex. That is definitely not an activity that will lead to procreation. Uh, even sex today, in today's day and age, we can, to a great uh, certainty, ensure that when we are indulging in sex, it will not lead to procreation. But of course, it's still part of the activity that also essentially also leads to procreation. Can we, you know, like bifurcate the two and then, as Manik was saying, you know, like uh, desensationalize the entire uh, activity so that the commodification of it doesn't seem that abhorrent. Yeah. And we're like, okay, this is just another activity that happens. Like someone's an athlete, they're running. 
someone's a lawyer they give you advice someone's great at sex and you know they provide those services and they don't need to be attracted to you or be in love with you for them to enjoy it or even if they don't enjoy it as long as they're not being exploited and you're enjoying it they're earning from it and that's their uh, you know that's their gratification no uh, yeah uh, that's a uh, important point that you have uh, one yeah. thing to put in the ring like to put it in another way yeah go ahead basically if we are attaching so much importance to the activity we say that it is something very uh, inherently um, important or in, or maybe intense you know that kind of an activity then why don't we respect the people providing it shouldn't there be a higher amount of respect for it no. like why doesn't that happen that, that that's a very interesting take uh, to this whole um, uh, question and our perception of it so um, a, a chef is cooking something out of their skill and presenting it, it to you on your table but something as personal as giving you their body is not respected yeah that's that's that yeah i would just want to come uh, you know one point actually uh, at that example uh, i mean quite interestingly till at least uh, i mean like 50 years back chef was really not a profession that was really looked upon i mean chefs were considered cook being a cook was considered to be a demeaning profession it was only after like you had celebrity chefs coming in i'm talking about the western world yeah? uh uh when you had like celebrity chefs come in and like make it a more glamorous profession that he actually you know like uh, it came into social consciousness that okay this is something that involves skill that involves an art and he started respecting a chef so it's something that uh requires a great level of social change not just regarding the profession but also you know regarding the perspective of the act what it involves and uh, also yeah, i mean i coming from this thing that it's not just uh, we just consider all sex workers the same that okay yes they are just providing one activity which is sex but i mean we can look into it that yes there will be degrees of them there is a level of skill there is a level of art involved it's not just okay you know like i have a body and i am selling my body no i am also selling my skill i am selling my art we can indulge in sexual activities by ourselves the great people for how good or bad they were and i'm sure you have will have great people when they indulge in sex work on that basis and once we start appreciating these things uh i mean i guess we will start appreciating the profession also itself that yes involves a level of skill a level of art which needs to be respected some people might be great at it some people might not no uh, that, that's a very interesting take and that brings us to the whole point uh, Uh, or the question that we are discussing today is that can sex work be treated the ethicality question is that can sex work be treated as any other work and uh, well manik and for our audience i just uh, want to like why manik raised the question of like can we desensationalize sex is because uh, is there a possibility of distinguishing two like removing the taboo from sex like this is sort of like uh the root of why we think of sex work as different from other work is because we consider sex as something uh different from other bodily functions uh suganda you wanted to pitch in or uh, say something in this yeah my question got answered because i wanted to talk about the skill part of it yeah 
uh, which Keshav addressed already. Yeah, it yeah. does involve a lot of skill. Hmm. With that skill may not necessarily be learned or acquired in an institution. It is by way of experience, but nonetheless, it is still skill. So, <laughs> yeah, why not uh, validate and uh, respect that skill? No, <laughs> like the business studies chapter in class eleven. It's 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 a science. And it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, and uh, I interestingly like when we had like proper courtesans for uh, you know like uh, not just also we have proper courtesans for the court and uh, uh, for like the royal courthouse and for nobility. Those are actually the greatest. Those were institutions which taught the skill too. No, but uh, if you if you look yeah. at if you look at uh, which probably I am guessing today also in certain brothels would happen. They are also to a certain extent. Yes, they might be institutions of exploitation. They might be institutions of a lot of misery. But I would presume also institutions that teach people that skill. No, uh, so yes. yeah, coming 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 to that point as in, and it also uh, you uh, bring uh, uh, give us a leeway to bring in this uh, aspect is that. Traditionally, as Shruti mentioned in the beginning, uh, like mo- morality of like our cultural morality, as in I-, I think it is one of the oldest professions that has ever existed, uh, being that one of a sex worker. So uh, still we question till date the morality behind it, although its existence is like long back. It can be traced in all histories. Uh, so uh, the question is: Is that does it even matter? Like how people perceive it, and is it something that will exist irrespective, or is it something that we need to act upon as a society? So this also brings in the aspect of legality. But uh, to that question that we, uh, I'll, I'll I'll now move on to the next section, uh, which is uh, before legality. I want to touch upon is that we raised an issue about morality, and a lot of times we spoke about the violation of the person who was providing services. So the question is, and like I want everyone to uh, join in on this, is that is there a distinction in uh, how we how the person is treated? Like, uh, is it inherently an activity that promotes violation and objectification of the person, or is it something that can be distinguished from the act or sex work in itself? So, as in uh, a- anyone who wants to like start with it. I don't think. See now, the point is, I don't think it's inherently a profession that uh, brings in trafficking and exploitation. Uh, it's more that yes, it is uh, something that is very prone to it. So, depending on the culture, the society, the place where you're living, this being something that's the most prone to it, that's the most vulnerable to trafficking, to exploitation, it will uh, get attacked the first. So, I mean, depending, so it's more to do with the level of freedom uh, people and sex workers have and mostly, uh, I mean, there's a lot to do with income disparity, there's a lot to do with, uh, you know, law and order here, there's a lot to do with people's general, uh, uh, you know, uh, perception, people's also, uh, their comfort with something like this, in terms of the fact when and I am here bringing it back to it not being that gender neutral, addressing more of uh, sex workers being women or transgenders. 
because uh, they are the ones, at least from what I what we get to know, were exploited the most, at least in India. So why I'm bringing it back to this? Because when you talk about trafficking, uh, they are the ones who are most prone, and they are the ones, uh, at least I believe, uh, who make up for the vast majority of people who are trafficked and exploited. And that happens in India, not so much because prostitution exists, but because of a lot of other things, because of uh, the caste system, because of the fact that you're still largely a patriarchal society who are comfortable with objectifying women, who are comfortable with exploiting women, uh, who either look at women as commodities or people who hold, you know, like our honor. Uh, so, but Keshav, uh, if just sorry to interject, uh, but like uh, it's the objectification or uh, the violation is not just an Indian thing. It's something that happens in all societies, all uh, communities, all 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 countries basically, and even at places where it's legalized. So, as in just to like detach from the Indian culture, uh, what is there? Uh, is there? Can you think of like an answer where you can? Uh, uh, detached culture from uh, the objectification of the woman? I completely agree that India is not the only place. Why I was addressing India is because I have a more personal connect here. But uh, see, it's this. It's like saying social inequality exists everywhere. Uh, sexism exists everywhere. Racism exists everywhere. Uh, as long as those things exist, there will be opportunities for people to exploit other people in almost every place. As long as that is possible, sex work being a profession which is the most prone to it will be the most vulnerable. These things will happen even if you are in a first world Western European country, sexism exists even there. You still have neo, I mean, digressing the point, you still have neo Nazis in Germany, you still have neo Nazis in Nordic countries, uh, white supremacy exists. So, as long as these things exist, it's these social evils that bring the traffic and exploitation part, not the profession per se. So uh, you're saying the act in itself is not prone or inherently uh, like something that objectifies, but the people involved in it are tend to uh, objectify it because that's what like it that's what uh, prevails worldwide. Yeah, sorry to hog in a little more, but I also wanted to bring in the example of sexual surrogacy here. Because if you see sexual surrogacy, that actually exists devoid of a lot of these social evils. So, I mean, that is still someone having sex with someone, yes, as a therapy, as a therapeutic thing, but they're also selling their services. It just involves, it doesn't involve the kind of objectification that uh, sex work does. So, yes, probably objectification is not something, might be a little more inherent, but as if the other person is not someone who objectifies uh, women or men or transgenders depending on who the sex worker is then I believe you can you know like breed or read the objectification out so it's objectification that's the issue not prostitution it's that it's more like victim blaming if you say prostitution becomes the issue so uh, so basically uh, the yeah. point is that objectification and violation or uh, any any sort of like abuse can happen in any sort of profession and it's not the profession to blame, but it's the people who are engaging in it to blame, in a way. And uh, it's just that we are putting people involved in the act uh, one are more vulnerable to it. So probably the effect is felt more in these fields than others. 
uh, yeah. uh, and like anyone else uh, bhargav actually, i think i just have a question yeah uh, this section of surrogacy yeah i like in other related but would you say sexual surrogacy is sexual and sexual surrogacy is basically a therapeutic uh, it's you know they i don't think it's like actual proper medicine but it's more like a psychiatric thing where uh, someone who is sexually frustrated or suffers intimacy issues uh, issues in the bed or anything like that they go to a sexual surrogate or they go to a therapist who prescribes them that yes you should get involved with sexual surrogate to get over and you know like anxiety is intimacy issues or proper psychiatric issues that you might have would that come under sex work uh, strictly i think in the basic definition of what you might describe as sex work maybe yes because sexual activity done for money but uh, i mean in the context that we are talking about i think it's better to leave that out because it doesn't share a lot of issues and debate that uh, rest of sex work does but that not that it doesn't share it at all there are a lot of yeah issues debate but uh, but surrounding sexual urgency too yeah but also we have to uh, remember just one thing shruti before you say uh, legally in india i feel sexual surrogacy will fall under sex work i don't know if legally uh, is there a no. concept of uh, sexual surrogacy uh, i'm i'm not aware of it uh, it uh, like is it it's something that uh, needs to be looked into we will do that and like let you guys know about the legal aspects of sexual surrogacy uh unless someone else already knows but like yashuti go ahead uh, i just wanted to add on to that that uh in sexual surrogacy the seeker of that sexual activity is a person who has a medical or a any or a physical problem and so they're seeking this therapy they're not the ones in they're not wanting it out of a place of just a carnal need or just a activity you know uh, to be done so on that basis uh, the patriarchal i mean i, I might sound uh, sexist or you know just from the uh, patriarchy of it that when it is uh, the man or the seeker who is in need of something it doesn't it isn't a dirty uh, or a look down upon thing and then when on the other end when it is uh, the woman just providing it as a sex sex worker or woman not woman uh, could be anyone providing it uh, and uh, also um, also kind of um, marketing it as you see you know uh, see, seeking it or uh, just that it is her livelihood it is her his livelihood so they are seeking it it makes it a look down upon yeah. maybe yeah. maybe that's how Th- that's a very important point that you touched upon and i was going to ask you this question itself that the reason why someone is seeking sex work or like the services of a sex worker does it change your morality about sex work in itself or uh, does it define or the does it change the definition of the service that is being provided it's very important to address because it questions the whole uh, aspect of the mentality behind sex work and the mentality of the uh, customer behind sex work i think in a more traditional sense if we are uh... you know judging this entire uh, activity in a more traditional sense like the way sovarna was saying you know when you're talking about the integrity of your body and you you know like uh, giving up that integrity for money 
in a in that kind of a traditional sense of judgment i think we would still end up in this situation a sexual surrogate situation judging the sexual surrogate much more as compared to uh uh you know the person needing it because here though generally we would talk about uh like i was talking about how i would judge, judge the person who is you know like uh who seeking sex work who the customer but in this case because the customer is someone who is doing it out of a genuine need people in a good uh, end up judging the person who is providing uh sex and you know doing away with his or her or their sexual integrity yeah. and they would become a larger culprit because it also would seem like okay they are not someone who's forced into this profession they are not someone who's doing it out of their circumstances yeah because sex targets are not someone who we presume to be people from oppressed circumstances or compromised circumstances but people who are just you know like therapists who are doing a particular thing yeah so uh, yeah that's that's people very, don't have to more judgment that yeah that's that's very uh, that's a good point and also because i think uh, now sex is also perceived as a pleasure seeking activity and not just something that has to have a purpose apart from that so uh, that needs to be kept in mind when we address all of these questions but coming to the next point which is uh, uh, the legality aspect of it so there are three divisions or like three treatments of sex work that are done globally there is one decriminalization of the activity of prost- sex work prostitution uh, colloquially as said uh, there is legalization and criminalization so for the sake of our audience as in i just like to uh, simplify these terms uh legalization is legalizing sex work is uh, there is no offense and um uh, looping the uh, sex workers into the system providing them social benefits and all other aspects making a taxable activity uh criminalization is punishing or criminalizing the sex worker and uh, the service seeker so all of these people would be uh, under uh, like they will be committing an offense if they indulge in this activity and the third one is decriminalization decriminalization is basically not legalizing it not criminalizing it but just not recognizing it it's like not punishing the person who is indulging in the activity but also not providing the benefits or uh, the social benefits or providing a robust transitional system so as in this is something where i want to like ask everyone like for from their opinion like everyone has a certain sort of a legal background or even from a general perspective like uh i would ask from the indian perspective first so the current situation i if, if i may have to summarize like in india it's not uh the activity is decriminalized basically it's not criminal to engage in sex work but the ancillary activities such as uh pimping or running a brothel and other activities or uh, they are criminalized which implies i personally can engage in sex work i can offer sex for money and that is not criminalized but other activities are so um, considering the situation the current social situation the legal situation what are your views about what should be the legal status of sex work yeah suganda go ahead so um when you think about it being legalized you think about there being uh, a sanction behind it you think about it being regulated you think about there being rules you think about it being organized which obviously will give a lot of protection to the people who are uh, providing those services which also means that that service will be readily available for anybody who wants to avail it 
without any stigma being attached to it because now it has the legal sanction which i don't know i have this messed up idea in my head in some way that may be responsible for reducing the amount numbers of rapes in this country because if you have something which is so readily available which has no stigma attached to it uh, which you can do without consent which for for which you don't have to force yourself on another person because it's right down the road available from you uh, and obviously there'll be more supply of it and it there it will be competitive it will become more accessible maybe it will discourage people from raping or you know fulfilling their needs by forcing themselves on another person that's just my broad uh, and is it something that you're thinking from the perspective of the sex worker person who's offering their sexual services with their own consent or you're thinking from the perspective of the abuse that the profession might involve or as sugandha mentioned the social benefit of it or like how it might change the dynamics sort of like uh, the economics the free economics behind it as, as an overall objective but uh, that that raises the question that uh, is is a country like india where uh, you can easily traffic where things such as normal businesses are not easily monitored is it ready to legalize uh, sex work legalize being like giving this public mandate this governmental mandate that go ahead indulge in sex work so will it not increase trafficking or abuse of sex workers but on the other hand will it also provide a better system for redressal all these questions are related to what sugandha said anyone wants to pitch in yeah i wanted to just uh, pitch in and say that when i think of benefits uh, of legalization i think of the sex worker itself what are and uh, and you know the person that comes to my mind is uh, probably uh, more than others the transgender population of india Uh, because uh, the perception is i might be wrong uh, that uh, most of them there is a high number of uh, transgenders who indulge in uh, sex work because of not even being legally recognized as a citizen now they are but up till a point they were not recognized as citizens so what options were they left with as a profession uh, this would be one of the major ones and um, and uh, so when i think about uh, benefits i think about the sex worker and uh then that leads me to think about uh this this aspect of what those benefits are actually because in india anivesh had sent an article that spoke about um, you know how during covid times the sex workers in uh, some countries are affected because they are not getting their uh, their allowances or their unemployment benefits etc but in india what does that mean because in india there is nothing known as social security or unemployment benefits and so uh, what does it mean when you say benefits out of uh, making it legal yeah so that's uh, the question that comes to my mind so th- that's that's a very important question in, especially in the indian context 
so uh, coming to the covid situation and like i will uh, try to answer that question from my personal experience so uh, i was planning to file a petition on behalf of sex workers and i had gotten in touch with a couple of organizations which were dealing with uh, sex workers uh, transgender persons and so the question that uh, came up and the benefits or the schemes that were brought into place for all professions during the covid period by the government they were not available for uh, sex workers because they were not legalized so generally i understand that generally we don't have a social security uh, system in place but uh, being a taxpayer brings certain benefits that you can avail you can proudly avail there is also about people not coming forward to avail those services even if they are available there is a benefit scheme in place by the government but that is hardly uh, being funded that is hardly in place it's not reaching to the people but because there is no robust structure in place and that robust structure might come from legality legalization but again it, it's it's a big question like whether we can legalize sex work or not or decriminalization is the way uh, in, in in this debate i would like like to uh, bring about like the global situation so i'm i'm currently in amsterdam here in netherlands sex work is legal and like we all know the red light district of amsterdam is and whenever i used to cross it you can see these women in this uh, glass window and like displaying their uh, like body and like so as an it did not made me question sex work per se but the commodification of sex work always like it raised the question about and i always used to think and i always prayed that i hope that these women are doing it out of their own will and consent so uh, this this brought me to sort of reading about it so in even in amsterdam a place where there are worker unions where there are unemployment benefits and all these aspects trafficking among sex work sex workers is really high there's this concept of lover boys in europe where uh, people from western europe uh, young boys like uh, in their teenage or 20s will go to eastern europe or underprivileged or like even refugee population and they'll try to lure them in get them to amsterdam or these like red light hubs and then force them into prostitution so there is an element of trafficking involved even in a country you have all benefits available there is complete legalization so it's not that uh, legalization is the perfect solution for it so that brings me to another alternate model which is followed in the nordic countries it's called the nordic model started in sweden which is a model where they have legalized sex work and offering of services but all the other services in fact the person who demands or seeks those services is criminalized and with that and the most important aspect of why it might be successful or why it might be the way forward is that they are providing a safe exit for the service workers in that system so providing them an option to get out and providing them basically rehabilitation in the society apart from sex work because it also ends up becoming an addiction it also involves like drug addiction and all other aspects that are involved with it also to come to like a country which is completely criminalized this is us us every activity associated to sex work is criminalized so what it does is that then the intersectionality is come into place so intersectionality is related to race uh, uh, in, in us in uh, 
poverty situation so a lot of black women poor women are generally the ones who are criminalized for this although that cannot be the solution because there are certain circumstances that why they are doing this and like criminalization is definitely not the way forward in fact they are also considering uh, decriminalizing or this uh, nordic model so with with this global context in mind and with all these models in mind i i, I just want to know what are your individual perspectives of legalization decriminalization and criminalization um i mean legalizing it also will not be a perfect model because then it becomes an industry and uh, because there is, will obviously be flow of money yeah uh, and there is it's the exploitation is not going to go away because there is exploitation in every industry uh so it will be just like just another industry i mean there are exploitation in professions a lot of lawyers are exploited because they think like they're not being remunerated enough uh commensurate to the hard work they're putting in so that is one form of exploitation when it comes to sex work exploitation will have many other faces so it's not going to be a perfect model but nonetheless uh, it will be better than the existing situation and uh... because not just uh not just uh, the monetary aspect of it there there, there are also a lot of health issues which these people which a lot of sex workers face which are not covered which are not insured so yeah. legalizing it will cover at least that aspect of it also the children which are born out of uh, sex work it will provide some sort of a uh some sort of uh, option to fall back on for them some yeah. sort of security for them as well yeah. so there are pros and cons but yeah. i see more pros than cons yeah as in exploitation actually as a matter of fact at least at least the way i look at it the exploitation is also likely to come down it's not as though i mean right now you know in the dark corners of those rooms uh, exploitation is better than what it would be once it's out in the open no no definitely it yeah it's still it's still working on a very capitalist uh, 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 demand yeah. supply system it's still there so the exploitation yeah. in which way right if you ask me yeah. personally the way i look at it the only way to actually you know i mean streamline this entire thing and uh, uh, you know provide some kind of benefit to everyone actually as a matter of fact who is even remotely connected with this entire industry is to legalize it let's face it as a matter of fact sex work prostitution is not an industry which is dying going to die it's it's mm-hmm. one of the oldest professions for a reason it's existed for a very 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 long time and while we are on it let's not also forget the fact that the whole stigma around sex work and prostitution is something which is a very i mean i don't think it's a very uh, 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 or rather you know that stigma is not very old you know i mean it was a very i mean that profession has been around for so long you you see text you talk you know i mean about uh, uh, you know brothels being celebrated in you know folklore and in kingdoms and everything so all of this always been there the only problem that happens with not recognizing sex work or criminalizing sex work is that it's not going away anywhere but you're taking away benefits and you're taking away recognition for a lot of people yeah for a lot 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 of people so as in and i believe the stigma a lot of stigma also stems from the fact that it's uh, criminalized right i mean yeah, it's, uh, it's not it's so not criminalized it is if you uh, drawing an analogy you now uh so if you juxtapose uh, marijuana right so marijuana 
I believe uh, till a few years ago was a stigma. There was a stigma attached to the fact that uh, people spoke marijuana, right? I mean, the whole fact that the government's model was this whole concept of war on drugs. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That stigma was there. I mean, and not not so far back ago. There's more than US than India, but in that point, I mean, I mean, purely speaking from the perspective of what legalization can do. To discredit the stigma attached to a concept no. or to any kind of yeah. so, yeah. idea, what Mario is trying to say, I believe, uh, and, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that uh, the stigma also stems from the fact that it's uh, there is uh, it's criminalized, right? It's not Part criminalized, case. but like it's not recognized. Some context about the status as it exists. I am just like I'll be doing some short reading on the legality of prostitution in India. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's governed primarily. Uh, by an act called the Moral Traffic Prevention Act, 1980-1956, amended uh, greatly in 1986. Yeah. So, an interesting thing here is prostitution, how it's the act defines prostitution as the sexual exploitation or abuse of persons for commercial purposes or consideration in money or in any other kind. No. And the expression prostitute shall be construed accordingly. So, the entire act doesn't talk about simple sex work, but talks about prostitution in the context of it being a sexual exploitation and abuse of persons. No, so now, point the, being, the, this is on a uh, basically in terms of textual basis and as per the you know like the word of the law, it doesn't exactly mean what we mean. No, but, uh, uh, Keshav, Keshav, also, sorry, sorry to interrupt you there, but. Uh, this is the whole point about sex work and prostitution because why we say about sex work and prostitution is like I think we mentioned it in the beginning. Prostitution is a crime. So the definition of prostitution you find in this act is the crime and it won't mention the normal sex work. A person soliciting or uh, indulging in prostitution near a public place is committing a crime. Yeah. Of course anyone who is running a brothel is committing a crime. Anyone who is living off Money earned by someone else doing prostitution is committing a crime. Yeah. This doesn't govern sex work that we are talking about. Absolutely. But when we say sex work, it just decriminalized. That is not exactly the case because when people are found indulging in sex work, they are generally prosecuted under under uh, the IPC, wherein they are charged with uh, stuff like public indecency. So it's more of social morality at play exploiting the law than whether it is criminalized or not so Mm -hmm. which is why Bhargav's point was quite uh, relevant that if we legalize it even though it is decriminalized to to, on an academic level yeah yeah that's the whole point on an academic level it's decriminalized if we legalize it then yes it will award a lot of legitimacy to the entire hmm no, that's that's a very good point, and uh, on on that aspect of uh, uh, public indecency and like using other pr- uh, provisions to criminalize this act, it's also this aspect about like it brings in the ethicality of it. So like because morally it is considered evil, so they have found other provisions and like public indecency to uh, make it uh, punishable. Uh, so I think this uh, transitions us well into the last topic for the day. And uh, like now we have spoken about legality and our uh, take on legality of it. So uh, last section is uh, basically taking on the uh, more millennial uh, aspect of sex work and 
it's sort of like some people might say it's not related to sex work and it might not be taken in the same breath but uh, this whole debate of technology uh, as only fans as we know it uh, and uh, like how it is changing sex work or the industry of sex work or is it even changing sex work or um, like is it only affecting porn uh, anyone anyone wants to go ahead with it again my opinion only but uh, i believe uh, sex work is completely uh, different uh, the what we talked about earlier the uh, in the entire discussion i mean it's not you can't put it in a single basket right there are, these are completely different things uh, i'm sure there is uh, uh, you know when when we talk about pornography you know uh, there is of course an element of forced pornography etc that's also a completely different topic altogether but uh, in terms of entertainment uh, an erotic entertainment that's different in my opinion from what we talked about uh, uh the addition what we meant by sex work okay. and uh, is it i mean you asked if it's changing the way we think about it yes i believe again coming back to a simple thing it's at least uh, uh, desensationalizing things yeah and uh, that's yeah. that's no yeah, I, I, I completely I completely understand uh, that and also it might be something that is not uh, affecting the traditional sex worker in the sense like it's not probably like especially like a, in a country like India like the transition for someone working in a red light area in those circumstances uh, in India to a platform like OnlyFans might not be uh, something that is plausible. but definitely in the western countries it has become more of a dialogue and as you said like desensationalized like a lot of students in western countries are considering it as a financial aspect because they can maintain anonymity they can maintain control over their uh, end product and the publication of the product it's not like uh, normal porn websites where it gets multiplied shruti also talked about it initially uh, when she started speaking uh, the fact that when there is uh, first there is a demand right uh demand for uh, er- erotic content yeah and uh, i mean it, it's natural to have a uh, you know a supply side to attach to it yeah but that debate uh, goes to the bin when we talk about india because porn is banned so like uh, that's also something we have to like consider when we talk about this but there's uh, a very interesting comment by the founder of reddit uh, he gave this comment yeah, yeah. in fact uh, yesterday or maybe earlier today on by uh, he would not ban porn from his website yeah exactly exactly yeah and essentially what he said what it's again natural and uh, what the entire uh, premise of our discussion today was yeah as in, i don't know if the context would apply in the indian scenario or like it if it does apply to the indian scenario because the judgment in which porn was banned rapist said that porn made him do that so from there it went to a decision becoming banning porn and then coming to a ministry level decision of banning porn uh, country wide we are considering porn to be a thing for the male gaze or for the male uh, uh, engagement or like calming them down in a way but like uh, this is a whole like again a very controversial subject to discuss Uh, yeah i was saying that like manik had said earlier that desensitization of the topic yeah and only fans probably is maybe an alternate yeah. for sensitizing as well as sensationalizing because 
because when you're when you're providing something at a premium uh, then only the people who want it will go for it they will um, they will access that co content and then also know that they won't have any future um, you know they can't comment they can't contact that person they can't uh, uh, take that picture and post it somewhere else so uh, a lot of those things uh, help in giving some boundaries to what's happening no I'm... so they know that okay this is it's limited to this extent i can't take it further now whether they in the when they get off that site and then they go on to uh, you know into real life whether they want to apply the same things that is something i don't think anyone can control mm -hmm. so you know when when you talk about porn also porn promoting rape it is not porn itself which will promote rape it is the societal uh, understanding of a, of the dignity of another person be it a child or a male uh, a young male or a woman of any age be it anyone uh, that understanding won't it'll just be porn would probably just be a trigger point yeah it won't be uh, it won't be the basis for someone to act violently or do something like that and also also the uh, lack of any uh, talk or any awareness of the same yeah no uh, if, if people were talking yeah. about sex and about uh, you know about the activity in on their dining tables then uh, probably uh, people would have uh, you know not not felt the need to do it in the dark or yeah. or seek it through some forceful way yeah. or something uh, like that. it's also very important to like for us to mention here that it's about how there has to be a change in how men perceive women like not just in india but uh, globally like it's not about like uh, women changing how they live or like their perspective of their bodies and stuff like that it's just about like men have to be taught how they should be more respectful like uh, it all boils down to that so uh, uh, if anyone else wants to pitch on this topic if not i just have one last question for everyone and like to wrap up this episode yeah anyway. one point i just wanted to make yeah uh, two points actually one as a consumer yeah not a fan of only fans yeah but uh, i mean it's expensive but uh, otherwise uh, yeah it, i mean it's great that it's actually it's made it very accessible for creators right it's expensive because you have uh, cheaper alternatives available right i know so, i know no, I think that's reality, right? uh, you have the alternative i was just i was just uh, like making a joke there hmm. uh, saying it now like this bring some levity in but my point being that yes it's great because it's brought a made it very accessible to a lot of creators who otherwise would not have gotten in mm. which is quite amazing and uh, but uh but thing like i would like to address which malik had come uh, commented on earlier is that i genuinely believe that we should really address all of this as uh, sex work because i mean coming back to the fact that we don't want to you know like uh, stigmatize sex work we don't want to like sensationalize the act of sex uh bringing all discussion into one sphere where you're talking about someone just you know like doing the act on film or doing the act for money with anyone they want uh, or you know just for anyone who wants to do it with them if we bring it together it kind of you know like uh, it desensationalizes the act of sex and prostitution that we generally colloquially understand 
so addressing everything together uh which i think i maybe i think should also include sexual surrogacy or and porn and sexual entertainment phone sex sexual theater and uh, uh traditional sex work bringing all that together will just help in you know advancing and uh, you know like removing the stigma away from uh, what we generally consider as prostitutes no that's that's a very important point and also like there might be views that say that it's only for the privileged like platforms such as only fans but what what as keshu mentioned is really important like what these platforms do is that making it uh, available to the general public it desensationalizes as everyone has mentioned already so it normalizes this aspect as uh, term of the day yeah term of the day uh, so this normalizes sex work and like makes it uh, something that is accessible to everyone and also something that where the person can take control over her data or his data or like whatever the gender or pronoun that they uh, prefer but yeah so um, that's that's the whole point about what why we uh, included only fans debate in this uh, episode is that this can be something that might change how we perceive or how sex work is conducted in future uh, now coming to the last point and like this is a question for everyone like uh, if if suppose we address the stigma and like if it's legalized and the stigma is removed if you have an issue with anonymity and uh, or like your identification your uh, anonymity is maintained what stops you from engaging or what, what would stop anyone like a person from engaging in sex work like what is it that you would consider as a hindrance for yourself to indulge in sex work i think for me it will i'll come back to a full circle it will be the issue of bodily integrity I would not want to give it up for money yeah. because I know I'm privileged enough to possess a skill set other than this, uh, which will help me provide for myself. Mm. So I would not one have would not have to resort to it because of the other skill set that I possess. And more than that, even if it comes to. Uh, if it comes to me having to resort to it i would not because of the bodily integrity because for me it's a, not an activity it's yeah. an experience yeah makes sense makes sense uh, that's uh, so that's one side of it uh, uh, kesha what about you or what why do you do anything stops me yeah that's the question like if it does not would you consider indulging in sex work uh, Kesha is already leading a double life that you don't know about. That's quite possible. Uh, But yeah, see, what would stop me from sex work apart from the fact that there would I don't think I'd be very successful at it. <laughs> uh, is uh, I mean I don't I don't think I ever considered it as a line of work. But yes, I don't think I would be very comfortable. Uh, you know, being that. available to anyone who wants and also i don't think i would like to my that would be one thing i would not think i would be very comfortable being that available to people and uh, yes the social stigma attached to it there is no doubt about that that would be probably my main answer but i'm just imagining a situation where the social stigma did not exist 
which also would be in a stigma with me. I'm not saying that social stigma doesn't affect me. But if that did not exist, then yes, my personal insecurities could also be definitely a big uh, hindrance in me. Oh man, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that I forgot, yeah. So it, what it, if you're not good at it? So it's, it's more about like... <laughs> Uh, yeah, what what if you don't earn money and you get into sex or like yeah uh, man like you're so like you're so bad that you have to starve yeah, anyway yeah so like so, Anish, Anish, like, uh, you know Anish do yeah. an uh, you know an analogy uh, I mean you compare it with uh, being a chef right yeah when you just because you can cook for yourself uh, I mean exactly my point right uh, yeah that, that's the whole that's yeah, why the question I, that's why the I, question I thought, I thought you were done with OnlyFans. <laughs> so as a recipient I never know I might just and as a provider I, I think I'm good at it and I'm earning earning well enough I might just as well yeah so that's the whole so these are three perspectives that uh, like sort of uh, there is like, also one other way by the way I, 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 you know I, it just struck me that we've actually not touched upon this issue at all when it comes to sex work and prostitution but one of the biggest risk factors of getting into this line of work is, of course, STDs and HIV. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I'm going to say that. No, Please, uh, spoke about the medical... Yeah. Suganda mentioned it, uh, the medical aspect of it. Yeah. 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 Suppose, uh, suppose uh, sex work was legalized and there were lots of benefits that were being given, then it would uh, firstly be much better than being a junior lawyer in some chamber. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, secondly, it would also, uh, so probably then, given that the circumstances that, that we have, you know, we have some legal backing to it and people respect that profession and then would you choose to be a sex worker or not? Uh, the question of health comes in. Uh, yeah. That's a big question of health comes in. It's, it's. Yeah. And, and then looking into the present scenario, that is COVID, uh, it just, I mean, oh, yeah. so much contact, I don't think so. Yeah, so, so, yeah. so a, yeah. a, a lot of these, like, uh, like if we have to categorize and okay. rationalize the answer, so one aspect that uh, Suganda mentioned is the emotional aspect of it. What Keshav mentioned is the personal or the perception of self in this act is, uh, like, so that is one aspect. What uh, Shruti and Bhargav mentioned is the aspect of practicality and uh, like how practical is it uh, like and what Manik mentioned is that um, uh, the, yeah, the profitability of it. Manik will do it. Yeah. Manik will be good at it. So, so yeah. the, the question is that even if we don't have the stigma no, around all this, it. All of this is presumed on the fact that there is no social stigma. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you go into it? Yes, that, yes. That's what yes. I'm coming to. None that's of what, it is yeah, there. That's what yeah. I'm coming to. It's like any other to. profession. It's, it's like being a lawyer. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm coming to is that even, yeah. even without... I'm a lawyer in a chamber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just love it. Shruti, we need to talk about it separately. Even 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 when we take out the stigma. No, are you sitting in your own chamber right now? No. Even if we even even if we take out the stigma out of this or the other aspect, the social aspects out of this act, there are so many factors that like they're still uh, uh, make someone not go into this activity and like. It just makes me respect the people who are in this field a lot more, like going through all of this, especially in the current times of COVID. As in, 
it's it's like shruti said in the beginning like it's the most vulnerable activity it's the most skilled probably uh, function like we are ready to uh, respect or pay a chef more than we would respect or pay a sex worker not we but like we as a society but uh, this like these are all like stuff that like makes us ponder more on these issues it's an endless discussion it's very important to say this we are all just putting our points across we are not saying that we are right or like one of us is right so it's really important just to have this discussion uh, suppose like uh, like suganda mentioned she has a naturalist view as to the ethicality of uh, sex work manik mentioned a particular like desensationalization of sex in itself so in terms of like how we perceive all of this like amongst us these are like varied uh, uh, parallelly existing views and answers and uh, so in that sense i don't believe like there is a wrong or right in that because these are the things that socially exist the debate on this issue just to exist in the ecosystem i would also really like to hear the views of a person who is engaged That's that would really give a real picture maybe maybe they are so desensitized to it that they think it's fine and they're like okay yeah. this is our skill we want yeah. to pursue it we spent so many years in it why should we yes. jump on to something else why should we look for better when we are good at what we do we earn a decent living so why not yeah uh, we can take on the risk of all the other uh, you know disadvantages that come i know someone who met uh, a, a sex worker at a, in brazil and uh, she just happened to chat with her and she was like uh she and and you know the sex worker was like uh, you know i need to i need to wrap up and go back by uh, 1 am because my uh, or you know by 5 am because i have to take my kid to school so uh, you know that perspective you just you're just like oh my god we don't see them as mothers and as uh, family people and then you're then probably you get more your mind gets more exposed to what their issues might be no absolutely absolutely yeah. and this was more of an outsider perspective on this issue and uh, we will try to get someone in the part 2 episode uh, where uh, someone who is in this field and uh, interesting that you mentioned that because uh, i i spoke to someone who was in the past in this field and uh, their main goal was that uh, their perception was that most people want to transition out of this field and uh, the other perspective is that if someone is doing out of their consent is none of our business to discuss on this so there are various aspects to it which are which we aren't aware of and like we'll definitely get to know more once we talk to someone who's in this field and we will definitely try to bring in someone uh, and for everyone who has any questions let us know and we will ask those questions but uh, i think we it's time to wrap up uh, the episode also yeah. i don't think i've ever used the term desensationalize so much <laughs> yeah me neither i didn't use the term even once tonight yeah you know you know what Manik has sensationalized the term desensationalized. <laughs> good, good one. On that right. note, bye All guys. Right. Thank you so good much night. for joining.